0: Hey guys, Louis here from the Ace Space podcast. Unfortunately, this episode was recorded prior to the announcement that Euro Beach Volley 2020 would take place in Latvia, meaning we never got the chance to ask our athletes about this exciting event and their thoughts on taking to the stand to compete again in Jurmala. Nevertheless, we'll have lots of other exciting pre event content across the CV's channels, counting down to the 15th. To the 20th of september when we will crown the kings and queens of europe again
1: sends it back with a monster
2: block
0: Hello there and welcome to the Ape Space, the podcast where we are joined by the biggest names in the volleyball game. My name is Louis Letts and I will be today's host on other occasions. It's going to be Dave Rogers and we will always be joined by one of our volleyball inquisitors, Matt Rogers and mainly Meanley from CV. Today we've got Matt back with us. Matt, how are you mate? It's been, been a while since I've seen your face. Yeah, it is.
2: It is. These weeks are flying by, aren't they? We are, yeah, reducing what we're doing, but time seems to be going faster. That doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, these two months of lockdown have just gone past in the blink, blink of an eye. Yeah. yeah, it's good to see it's things starting, starting up again. again. And I'm loving where this podcast has been going and where it is going, because it's rotating between four of the world's biggest stars to kick off this, the A-Space project. We're recording remotely due to this situation, so I'm in London. Matt, you're in Cornwall, is that correct? Yep,
2: Cornwall, southwest England, down by the sea, and now able to go in the sea as well, so that's nice
0: lovely great part of the world Cornwall and our guest potentially has never heard of Cornwall today um, who's sat in in Latvia these episodes are going to alternate with our unscripted and debate series which come out on a Friday okay Matt are you ready to meet our guest because it's the first time that you've met this guest
2: it is I listened to the last episode and she was great so (laughs) expecting big things
0: is absolutely brilliant. So as I said previously, one of the brightest young talents that we've got in beach volleyball and in volleyball as is, is well. 2018 FIVB top rookie, most improved team 2019. 2019 European champions, first ever NCAA collegiate beach volleyball player to qualify for the Olympics. I personally like that one. 2016 under 22 European champion, a gold at the under 18s as well. Um, in 2015 and a third place in the Under 17 World Championships in Mexico. 25 awards individually in the USA playing collegiate volleyball. It is Tina Graudina. Welcome back, Tina. How are you?
1: Hello. So nice to be back here with you.
0: How was your week, Tina?
1: Oh, I got a think which day is today because I don't quite remember <laughs> what I did yesterday even, but it's been going well. It's uh, it's it's definitely, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It's
0: tough, tough time in lockdown. These these days seem to all roll into one and they seem to roll very, very quickly as well. So our first episode was an absolute battle. We heard all about your European Championship victory and that epic win to qualify for the Olympics, that comeback against the Czech pairing. Yes. Today is all about the early days um, for you, Tina, and growing up in Latvia, learning to play volleyball, um, and just trying to find out more about your recipe to being so successful a little bit later on down the line. So how did it all start for you? What was what was that initial sort of attraction between you and volleyball that, that came together?
1: It all started with the fact that I was born in a... Family where my dad played volleyball and my mom was a track and field athlete when she was younger so it definitely has impacted me as a personality so so much simply the fact that my parents supported me in any athletic endeavors that I would head into and um, even until I was 17 years old I uh, alternated between beach volleyball and track and field practices at some points i was even more of a track athlete rather than a volleyball player and now looking back at it it's probably one of the definite advantages that i have by, uh, from that i have the track and field past in me what
2: kind of events or distances did you do
1: I was uh, a heptathlete, so oh, wow. you know it's the seven events, oh, yeah. and yeah, it's it's it was quite a lot. I was I was not enjoying the long distance 800 meter run. That was the worst that I didn't want to do the le- that I wanted to do the least. But my best one was high jump, and I guess that's where the blocking also comes from, just jumping up and down all the time. <laughs>
0: wow, so we were, wow. were you one of these? Uh just young athletes that was into everything were you trying to combine your time sort of athletics volleyball um, any other sports so it was quite a busy childhood for you right
1: yes uh, every as far as i remember every day after school i had some practice to go go to either it was swim tennis I did ballet when I when I was very very young, um, and then as I got older, it's I started getting more seriously into track and field and beach volleyball, and um, it's uh, I, I've enjoyed all sports always, and uh, yes, it happens to be that beach volleyball just got, was the lucky one that I chose.
2: You must be able to turn your hand to most things then sport wise, because if you do did the heptathlon, which is obviously Multi, multi events effectively and then you've got beach volleyball where you have to do all the skills you yes, must be that's quite naturally athletic and gifted uh, i would say
1: well well i thank you i would i kind of agree to that that's <laughs> that's yeah that's the one uh uh Gift from the nature that i have and i i catch on pretty quickly to like new uh physical things that i have to do with my body and that helps me very much right even to to this day to learn new things on the court and um and yeah but i still would attribute all of that to track and field i think it's the most important sport to have for any athlete if if any kid who wants to be successful in any type of sports, then I would advise him to go to track and field and just learn how to correctly run, learn how to jump more efficiently and use all these little muscle groups that some people just don't know how to, if they haven't gone to track and field.
0: Do you find there's been, what sort of skills have transferred the most from track and field to, to volleyball? Obviously you spoke about blocking anything Um, else biomechanically or anything else psychologically maybe as well?
1: Yeah there's so many things Uh, I would say also the mentality probably the most because uh, in track and field you experience a lot of unpleasant sensations for example when you just have to run until you just can't anymore you feel like your body is burning your legs are giving out and you just still have to make it to the finish line and Uh, in comparison beach volleyball is not that hard you don't ever you very rarely push yourself to that kind of limits so if because I have this comparison in my head I can always tell to myself this is not that bad even if I feel tired on the court because I have the experience from track and field also um, the ability to maximize your performance in that single second or moment that you need to because in track and field you have the attempt for high jump and you have these three seconds where you have to do everything you've learned in practice and if you and you just have to learn how to put all of that work in those three seconds. And that helps in beach volleyball as well because you have, you have to perform all the time and uh, you just learn how to put the work that you've done beforehand in, in, in the actual game.
2: To make Louis and I feel better and all the other listeners, are there any sports that you're not very good at?
1: Um, Golf. <laughs> I haven't tried a lot of like a lot of sports, of course. Uh, I know one thing I really want to learn is how to... I, I can ice skate pretty well, pretty quickly. My brother taught me how to do it. But I don't know how to break. You know, the hockey where oh, they the I go with the yeah i can like do only when i like put my leg backwards and just like gradually slow down Uh but that's something i've like learned definitely
0: wow i just keep i just keep going until i hit the side and
1: yeah that that also usually works but
2: (laughs) and the two that you did track and field and beach volleyball obviously predominantly summer was there anything you did during the winter um or did you do those i did i did both
1: Yeah, I did both in winter as well. We have uh, good beach volleyball winter facilities and uh, track and field as well.
0: Wow. So you, was there ever that discussion between your mom and dad being like, I want her to play beach volleyball. No, nope, I want her to be an athlete or you are an athlete. Or whatever, you know, sort
1: of- yeah, We we had the joke in our family that my dad was the director of the volleyball section and my mom is the director of the track and field section. And uh, but I think they realized pretty much earlier than myself that I'm going to end up in beach volleyball. Um, But uh, there were a lot of um, um, not like fights, but um, this uh, like my coaches in both sports. They, of course, wanted me to stay in their sport. And there were some uh, I felt very torn about where to choose because i was uh, very personally friendly with my coaches and i didn't want to hurt them because i saw how much my track and field coach puts energy in me i literally saw how he was so excited for me to like grow up to be his athlete to be his like go into track and field but that's why it was very hard for me to make the decision to go to beach volleyball
0: you've qualified for an olympic games Does that, again, suggest that it was a great decision? And do you think that you have the pedigree to to go to an Olympics as uh, an athlete?
1: No, yes, this is such a good question because it uh, it brings back uh, memories from my past where I think a very important moment where I decided to go for beach volleyball is when I tried to qualify for the youth Olympic Games in both beach volleyball and athletics. And um, I was jumping high jump uh at that time and i missed the mark for like five six centimeters which is a lot for high jump but then in beach volleyball i got in and i was like oh my gosh this is so cool i i like i get to go to the youth olympic games it was such an awesome event it like it was insane and uh yeah that's probably the start where i realized okay i i might be good in athletics but the the competition in athletics in the world it's it's insane in that sense beach volleyball is not as competitive and uh, that's where yeah i could excel better
2: how has your mum uh accepted that or come to terms with that she she clearly would have been kind of voting for athletics but maybe she saw the possibilities in beach as well
1: yes of course she's my biggest fan right now and she loves this sport and she knows all the little details even though she doesn't play herself that well but uh, yeah there's of course there's no no bad feelings about that
0: (laughs) it's it's a really cool story Uh, i'm really yeah really intrigued i love that sort of like recipe and how you you become yeah one of the world's best when did you get um sort of put into the national team um in latvia for beach volleyball and and how does it sort of work um, in latvia
1: yes it works in the way that everything is pretty much self uh, dependent on yourself and the coaches you have we don't have a clear system of uh, national teams and i was fortunate enough to there was as far as i remember in the past like six seven years there's been only one year where we had like actual qualification for the team the national team and i got into that year and that's where i met my partner nastia and we got put together and it, it has worked out perfectly so it was kind of um that that was the start for the national National team of Latvia for beach volleyball.
0: You, you sort of mentioned uh, Anastasia, your your partner. That was your first partner at international level as well. So that relationship's come a long way for a long time.
1: Yes, we have we started out living in the opposite sides of the country. She ended up moving to my side because this is where the beach is and where we train but i've had actually i've had a lot of different partners as well and it's interesting how i've come back to playing with my first one and it's kind of like oh you know, yeah it's like a good story
0: yeah well you mentioned previously that you guys almost uh parted ways at the start of 2019.
1: yeah it's not that it wasn't even the first time we also parted ways like and after the first year we played together that's when i got um, Paul a who I won the European gold with, in under 18. So it's uh, yeah, it's nothing new <laughs> in that sense. But,
0: but that wouldn't be made by a coach in Latvia or a program. That would be personal decisions.
1: Yes, um, anyway. yes. We our, our federation. It's not as strong as it's in Russia or Germany. Uh, us players. We are the ones who make all the major decisions about our team and how we operate. I like that but also not because I would like to have more um, you know more guidance from Federation who would like this bigger body of governance saying this is how it go- will go girls and like you just have to deal with it but uh, of course I also like to be the one who decides who's gonna be my coach uh, all the finances all the traveling all the physiotherapists that so we do that all by ourselves
2: we actually did uh, an unscripted. I don't know whether you saw it with uh, with your partner. Yes. Um, we were calling her Anastasia, but uh, how do you what do you call her?
1: I call her Nastya. It's a short. It's a thing um, how Russians shorten the name Anastasia, but she likes okay. Anastasia as well.
2: I'll stick with Anastasia. I think yeah, I would be better a, at pronouncing nice that. Um, yeah, no, she was brilliant. She was a little bit worried about her English. I mean, you may know this from traveling with her, but she was great. Great. Yes. And she's the opposite to you, the exact opposite. She wasn't really into sports, discovered it late.
1: I know. It's uh, it's in, so baffling how she ended up in Beach of <laughs> being this, like, I want to win person. <laughs> that's yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Yeah.
2: She's the first person in that whole series that basically said, yeah, I wasn't really into sports. It just kind of came across it and thought i'll give it a go and then turned out to be a european champion
1: easy just, just like that yeah yeah you just have to decide <laughs> to do it and nothing else
2: <laughs> yeah no she was brilliant she was brilliant
0: how, how big an influence have the boys or the men's program been on you the likes of janice and Eggers and martin's and uh the lion king uh, all of yes. that program
1: I was uh, 14 years old when uh, Martin Plavins and Janis Schmanic got the bronze medal in the London Olympic Games. I was still playing tennis, I think even, and uh, I was watching them on, yeah, I was watching them on TV screaming that we got a medal. It was so amazing. And the fact that I'm now on the same tour with them and like get to eat lunch and dinner with them and like help them warm up to their games that's that's insane so i would say they've been a pretty big uh, pretty big uh, influence but at the same time we're starting to also recognize the differences in the men's and women's sport and we're slowly like seeing how our way might be different from their way
2: so you were four, you were 14 then We what kind of or what what was your commitment at that time to beach volleyball? You were obviously playing for fun, I assume.
1: Yeah, for fun with my dad in the garden. Uh, At that moment, I think it was the first year when I started going to practice twice a week. So twice a week beach volleyball after school. Yeah, it's
0: an interesting story of how it's gradually become more and more part of part of your life as you're growing up, and maybe that had a big big effect on the way that you you sort of perceived the sport and what you could achieve
1: definitely so after they won the medal uh, all the, the first indoor facility was built in um, in riga for us to play beach volleyball during winter so that's obviously a huge thing because otherwise you can't really do it seriously in this weather and uh that's also that's the facility where i went started to train
0: Amazing. Yeah, um, you spoke about the differences between the men's and the women's. What What would be something you you've sort of figured out over the past couple of years about how the games may be different?
1: Um, yes, we um, for or guys they don't necessarily go into a game with a solid game plan. <laughs> they, they I don't know if it's like that for every all the guy teams, but or or Latvian guys they just um they know what they can do and they will um, and they will just go with the flow a little bit more in the game figure out as they go but for us me and nastia we realized that uh, we tried it out this year we went we tried to get have a solid plan for every single game and it worked very well or current coach andris he helped us with the plans uh, with the tactics and uh that's a big difference that i see right now Uh, from us to them that they don't really do that and we've started to do that maybe they should also do it maybe they would get better i don't know i should talk with them about this maybe (laughs) you
0: you've got the vikings who very much figure things out as they go they have their their clear sort of structure to how they want to read the game and, and play that way you have teams like yourselves who are like playing angles and playing certain um ways to try and make stops yeah, I I find this one of the most intriguing things about the game is those teams who are more structured, or those teams who are who are making more reads and trying to go with the flow of the game.
2: How how would you play it, Louis? If you were if you were a pro athlete, what would you want your approach to be?
0: Um, I would I would I would like to start with a with a bit of a loose structure, um, to serve certain areas and, and take certain areas of court with my block defense, combining serving and block defense together. Um, but I'd like to think that I had the tools in my head to, to change them if I needed to uh, change those angles and change those reads and timings and stuff. But I'm still figuring out the right answer. Like, yeah, I, I don't have it, I don't think. But, um, yeah, that's
1: how I sit comfortably.
2: Yeah. I, I guess with weather and things like that, you've also got to be able to adapt your plans, haven't you? There's there's kind of plan A and then there's always plan B and C.
1: Of course. And our coach, our previous coach, Gennady samoylos he would say why should we make plans let other teams uh, uh, try to analyze yourselves let's just focus on us playing our best game we can and uh, that's why we didn't have any game plan last year when we were with him and um, and it, it of course it's a good thing to just focus on yourselves that's what probably will get you to win the game but sometimes for us we had to lose the first set because we were still trying to figure out the correct approach, how to play against the team, and then we would go to a three-setter, and of course that's more risky than just taking it into
2: more fun for us though. No, always, yeah, yeah, always we, a fan of a, a third set.
1: Yeah, I think we're our team is definitely taking care of the spectators. We're always trying to spice it up a little bit with a few <laughs> like. Kind you like missed horrible serves or sets you know
2: <laughs> i have a quick question if if you were to play the olympic final would you rather win 2-0 or
1: 2-1 oh i would rather to win 2-1
2: yeah as long as you guarantee the winning bit
1: <laughs> of course always yeah. yes yes if if i would if i would lose in the two olympic final i would prefer to lose 2-0 rather than 2-1 oh interesting okay yeah
0: um, you mentioned uh, Coach Samoilovs a minute ago. How big an influence has he been on um, Latvian beach volleyball throughout the past years? And he was obviously working with you um, up to this season as well.
1: Yes, he's like a legend here. He's uh, one of the very, very few people who have actually started playing beach volleyball in general in this country for the first time. And he has developed this very unique um unique approach to how to play beach volleyball the first practices when you go to him uh he he says okay let's start from zero show me how you like would run after a ball and then of course everyone does it wrong in his eyes and he's like all right i'll learn i'll teach you how you have to run and he shows like steps like you have to he always wants us to be anywhere in the court with only two steps which sounds insane but actually like you can't it's possible to do and uh, and it's it's only one example of all the little technical details that he has figured out for himself through experience how to like maximize movement on court so he's uh, he's a specialist in that sense definitely but yes, um, we had also another coach, Igers Birzos, who was my first series coach, and they were they were the two uh, the two leaders of beach volleyball in Latvia. That's that developed everything from from zero to, to this actually to what we've come to now.
0: We heard from the Lion King that um, Coach Samoylos is quite a tough taskmaster. Master, sorry. Yeah, he, he's quite passionate and he's uh, yeah, he's a tough trainer. He said military style trainings. Is that correct?
1: Yes, military style all the way. That's his go-to Go-to thing how to communicate with people and uh, um, Alexander Samoylos he's gotten the worst of it actually being his son and training with him all of his life I've been with uh, some coach only three years and a lot of people say he's gotten much calmer uh in the past years and maybe the fact that we're girls also impacts how he treats us but um yes he's uh very just like just don't make mistakes like i don't care what you do just don't make a mistake on the court and of course it works if you're able to not make mistakes but that's not the case always yeah there's
0: um I always remember something. Huma McCutcheon wrote something that I read. There was, uh, there's no such thing as the perfect game. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's sort of the two different ways of, of looking at it. But what he has done is he, he's built an unbelievable program from Latvia from, from nothing to Latvia are now one of the best beach volleyballing countries in the world.
1: It is, and it's his, it's his accomplishment in that sense. The federation hasn't like contributed that much to making a system or like building the p- pyramid of beach volleyball in Latvia it's been it's been uh, uh, Samoylos and Iger Zbierzolos together
2: how would you describe the the status of beach volleyball in Latvia because obviously on the world stage within the beach volleyball world yes. we know Latvia we we know all the athletes but in Latvia itself how big is beach volleyball
1: um in latvia it's very big it's very popular we have a lot of fans but i'll be a little bit of i'll i'll be a little bit of critical on our system here in latvia and i will say that it has it's like with with a shiny top but inside is quite empty uh in the sense that everything is um uh, everything is built upon enthusiasm and uh self motivation um, and uh, and actually luck as well uh, because uh, the coaches they don't have any salary from the federation. they in that sense are unemployed they don't have a job all they earn is from their players and it's all very um a very natural like primitive state of like development yet there's a lot of things to improve in our system here
2: so, like, the success has kind of gone faster than the actual evolution yes. of the sport in the country.
1: Yes, yeah. and that's why we're a little bit worried. Like, me and Asia, we are, we're still considered as a young team, and, um, and we still have a lot of years to play, but we don't see any serious teams behind us that could follow us, and the same goes for guys. So, a lot of people are asking who's going to play after the guys finish their... Their career, but we we hope definitely some somebody will show up. It's quite
0: sad in in some ways, but it's very on a smaller scale. It's the same in the UK. We mentioned UK earlier, but it's built on enthusiasm and volunteers, and it means that you might have one team go on to do something successful, but nobody can put so much blood, sweat, and tears into one team and then do it for everybody else. Like it's that the 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 workload is 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 too much. It's it's fascinating story, but I I think Latvia are gonna. I think something will happen for you guys.
1: Well, yes. I I think so too. Next summer. Could be. It's a nice nice year. I feel like <laughs> things will things will happen.
0: I, I wanna ask you a question. You you said in twenty twelve you made that step from sort of like you're training twice a week beach volleyball. Is that is that right?
1: Um I started training twice a week. I've been training twice a week till I was um, till I was uh, 16 years old. That's the most I ever trained in beach volleyball. Uh, And when I was 16, my family moved to Brussels. I got to live there for one year and that's where I didn't play volleyball at all. I was only an athlete. I got to train with an amazing coach who's the coach of the Olympic gold medalist Pia Hellebout from Belgium. she was an amazing high jumper and the heptathlete so i got to experience the feeling of training with uh like the highest level coach in athletics and then i went back to latvia and started training for volleyball
0: how how does that fit though because in 2014 you came third in the world championships in mexico
1: 2014 about
0: 2014
1: uh, that was third in Mexico. Well, yeah. Maybe I have like a year or two off from the timeline. But I was in uh, Brussels not playing volleyball at all after I got the world's uh, third oh. place.
0: Still, it, it wasn't, uh, it definitely wasn't a question of your timeline. It was just like, that's a crazy good result to go to, I think it was Acapulco. Take a third place, like, playing twice a week. Like, yes, yeah, sort we're of training, doing doing athletics as well, and then you take a third place at a world championships. I, and um, I and
1: I'm saying that's all because of the athletics, like at that level at that young of an age it actually you might not play as well but what matters is if you run fast and jump high at that though that age i could win a lot with just my physicality of course now i need the skills as well so i'm working on them but uh, uh, about acapulco we were very lucky that uh, duda brazil they didn't send a team so so yes
0: yeah, you can, look at the, you can look at those things, but also look at it from the more positive side. Like that's, that's an amazing yeah. achievement.
2: You can only beat who's in front of you.
1: <laughs> yes. What's very interesting is that uh, in the pictures where I'm standing on the podium with my amazing partner, um, uh, on the first and second place are my current teammates in USC. So that's the place where we actually met for the first time, not even knowing that at some point we'll play together in the same university
0: I, I think there was one person there who thought you'd all play together at the same place
1: the coach from or yeah the
0: and US. I you, right yeah i think i think that that was good scouting oh there.
1: yeah good job from her side
0: and that is obviously the
2: topic of our third episode coming up in a few weeks mm. so so we'll listen to that then Tune
1: yeah. in.
0: started on the podium <laughs> how um you, you spoke about you being athletic um, and I, I love that because there's so many people who, who value ball, uh, ball control at a young age and ball control, ball control, ball yes. control. But actually the way that you've come through is, is perfect. Like athletically outstanding and you've caught up on the ball control.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's the correct approach. Uh, if, if I would have kids right now, I would uh, hold off to them playing a lot of volleyball for as long as I can and just um, make them explore their own body in the sense of different sports because every different every other sport has like things to learn from and um and the ball control thing it's it's so specified it's so specific that it's not necessary for young kids who just need to learn how to like be athletes like the ball control is not going to get you that far
0: uh, i i agree completely and that's that's why it stands sort of that comment stands out to me for anybody who's who's watching and listening like you can spend all all sort of your whole life correcting little little passing techniques and, and little setting it's never going to quite be perfect but that athleticism and
1: yeah but of course it yeah it also is the other way around because i know that a lot of coaches have come up to me and uh, from other countries from other teams and saying tina you're you're approaching the ball with the wrong uh leg uh or that I'm not holding my platform correctly and that is a minus for me I probably if I would have better technique I of course would improve a little bit but in my the way that I see it is that it's maybe uh, not as big of a thing as if I just wouldn't be as physical as I am
0: that's why we love sport right there's all these different ways of doing stuff and
1: yeah different approach to everything there's no right answer
0: it's it's great after that third at the world champs so you you take that third you take some time off in in brussels are you still thinking about beach volleyball are you thinking about turning back to athletics
1: uh yes i'm thinking about beach volleyball because i knew that i will come back to latvia after that year and uh uh if i would if i would be able to stay with the amazing coach in brussels that would be a whole different thing because uh, there weren't that many opportunities to even play beach volleyball there but in latvia it was the other way around that i had the more opportunities and nicer environments beach in beach volleyball and than in athletics. athletics
0: perfect because you won the under 18s that next year
1: surely surely
0: at some stage here you're like this is this is getting serious this is this is getting i could be seriously good at this
1: yes that was uh that was so nice such a highlight uh, to do it in front that was the first tournament uh international tournament that i did in in my home in latvia and uh, as a 17 year old girl i got i looking back i dealt with the pressure pretty good actually
0: (laughs) yeah we spoke about pressure didn't we in the last one and how you're trying to find that op- like that optimal state of mind and, and calmness and then you go and, you go and win the under 22s as well
1: yes that was a surprise
0: you were two years under the age group
1: um, yes I was 18 uh, so three years for me and two years for my partner and um, it also was like the second tournament we played together since I was playing with my with Paul and before. And also, yeah, it's it feels like if nobody expects anything from us, we do do good. Wow,
0: I like that. But now, now everyone's expecting.
1: Yeah, that's that's the problem now. Now we actually gotta show that we're we're doing something correct. <laughs>
0: um, you also beat Poland in that final, which is great because it was almost like you beat Poland again in the uh, in the senior finals in Moscow.
1: And you know what's interesting, Kotioleka. Uh, is the same player she was in both finals she just switched partners so it's an amazing yeah so it's an amazing uh um accomplishment for the three of us me Nastya, and and kasha because we both got to the finals
0: it just shows how quickly the um ha- how fast the, in, in my opinion how fast the game is moving forward when the finalists from under 22s same in the men's competition are fast forwarding into the senior finals within like no time really at all.
1: Yeah. yeah, I remember that in the same under 22 that we're talking about, uh, under small was standing on the first place as well.
0: Yeah, with um, I think it was with um, Christian's Christian's brother, yeah, Alex, right? Brother. Yeah, it was I with Alex on. So, yes. How's your success gone down in Latvia? Like, you, do you feel, uh there's lots of media attention now you were saying in the previous episode about uh coach mohilof saying you're either that you're either in the media or you're playing volleyball there is no middle ground of the two um but do you feel like now is there's sort of like a fame about yourself and your partner
1: um a little bit because it is a small country so if it's something if somebody does something good it's big news and uh, um i definitely don't see myself getting as much attention as uh, if i would be in the us for example as i am here Uh, but uh, yes it's a it's a few sports uh, uh, things and on the tv that we appear on it's a few interviews a few radio stations and i feel like people who follow follow sports they know our names and what have what we have done this year but uh, of course there's a lot of people who don't know about us as well.
2: Do you enjoy the media side of things?
1: I uh, Yes, it's a, it's an interesting relationship. It's like I, of course, as every person, like from my egoistical part of me, I enjoy the attention that people give me and that I uh, I can like share with what I've done in my life. But on the other hand uh, as i said previously in the other episode i i get very nervous when i see the results of the interview or the the uh the journal where i am and uh, i can't really read what i what i've said to them or listen to myself you're yeah.
2: very good I mean, certainly from our side the, i mean obviously english isn't really perfect and uh yeah it's great for us to have, have players doing it yeah
1: yeah my dad has uh trained me a lot because he he's into he's in politics and he's uh very um very knowledgeable about media and uh pr so yeah he's taught me a lot as well
2: and what um what was the reaction um after well i guess becoming a european champion and qualifying for the olympics there must have been like a week or two a fairly Yeah, active media work then
1: yes uh like three days after european championships we went back home and uh we did all the interviews all the all the events we had to appear on and it was pretty intense and but we were in such a euphorical state of mind that we didn't mind anything we got to wear like beautiful dresses and appear everywhere as like uh like not in the athletic wear so it was very nice to like enjoy that more glamorous side of being uh an athlete and uh yeah. after olympic games in haiyang it what we it was just i don't think people people were kind of even not as surprised about it because they were like, Of course, you won the European Championships. Why won't you go to the Olympic Games? You're the best in this continent. But uh, if we explain to them that it's actually the points, the rating system, and everything, then uh, most people don't know that. And that's why they weren't as surprised about us winning, going, getting the ticket.
0: Some phenomenal achievements. Just quickly before we go into our features, what do you think you would be if you, if you wasn't concentrating on? Uh, beach volleyball and um, what what are you studying
1: ah uh, yes i'm studying politics uh political science
0: oh, i thought i could have guessed that one I Thought we could have got that one out
1: uh, yes um i enjoy that very much it's a lot of studying about history about uh, yeah social problems stuff like that um i find as all beach volleyball players should be, I find that I'm very interesting in environmental problems and challenges, of course. But I I know that um, my best friend, she studies in Scotland in the University of Edinburgh, and. Uh, I've went and visited her there, and some other times as well. And I absolutely love that place. It's so amazing. I de- like if I wouldn't play volleyball, I would definitely try to like be there and study there and like live there for a while because I think it's so cool and so magical and it's like all Harry Potter and everything. And <laughs> I I would definitely try to find something to do there. Oh, it's so good. All the people there so they are so different that you can feel the the vibe in the end that it's like a little bit edgy a little bit like uh yeah rebellious a little bit
0: i've actually never i've actually never been that's a bad oh you
2: haven't oh it's beautiful up there
0: yeah so i hear okay that's that's now top of my list i don't know how how much we're going to be able to travel over the next few months so that's uh that's definitely something that's that's achievable to get to get myself up to edinburgh I think it's time for the features again, if you you remember from the previous episode, Tina. Um, But, yeah, Matt, take it away.
2: My perfect player. So we've given you a bit of warning about this. I don't know if you've had time to to think about it. Um, Essentially, what we're looking to do is build the ultimate beach volleyball player, the kind of person that they could be blocker, defender, whatever you wanted system-wise, they could do everything. Um, and what we ask for you to do is to come up with some criteria. So athleticism, I assume, would be one of yours. Um, and then you say a player who you think um, that criteria is kind of like. I would take that criteria from that person. And it's up to you whether you're in this or not. You can you can include yourself or not. That is up to you. Oh. Um And we usually ask for five or six criteria. So, um, yeah, what have you come up with?
1: All right, I'm ready. Um, so I've I gave this. A a thought yesterday and it was of course very difficult to figure this out because every every player is like for obvious reason in the fivb world tour but um, i would start with the serve and for my perfect player i would choose the swiss type of serving uh, it was the, i feel like they have a very um, un- United view on how to serve the serving mentality. So I'll I'll choose Huberly. Uh, she had an amazing serve, especially against me. <laughs> and I've uh, I've enjoyed uh, their I've been able to enjoy their um, yeah their strong serving. Um, I would choose um, for blocking. I would choose Clancy from Australia and because together with her overall athleticism and movement on the court it, she would be, a, uh, for the perfect player, it would be the perfect ability to have and make the player very um, hard to play against. Um, I would choose uh, Anastasia Kravčenuka, my partner, as the perfect setter. And uh, I think she has such a nice handset and it's so she's so confident in that and she always performs perfectly. And I would uh, think that the perfect player would have a set similar to hers. Uh, I will choose also April Ross for her fighting mentality for the emotions on the court. And uh, I think the way she approaches the game and the way how she's able to turn around a few points in her advantage only because of her I don't know how to even call it her just aura her atmosphere on the court so that's something that the perfect player would definitely need as well and uh, finally for defense this was so hard I think uh, Laurel Ludwig is the obvious choice she's amazing and uh, as a blocker i would feel so sure to play with knowing that she has my bag behind behind me on the court but i would actually also choose um uh sveta holom from russia she's uh she's uh, my age but i think she is also phenomenal and uh might maybe doesn't get as much as recognition in this part because I've, uh, I've seen her play a lot of matches growing up together with her, and uh, she is really good defender as well. So the perfect player would consist of these, uh, these abilities from all these players and make the unbeatable... Woman on tour. (laughs) Put
0: some serious thought into that. There's there's some very good, very good options in there. What what from
2: yourself do you think you could add to that? Because I'm thinking the athleticism. Is there anything else that that you think you could bring to that player to to give them another edge?
1: Mm, I think well, the athleticism, yes. Uh, But uh, I I don't have a one thing where I excel at. Um, I think I'm around a rounded round a good player overall there uh to to i have a lot of things to improve in the in, in like specific areas yeah,
2: no well thank thank you for doing that fantastic
0: mystery man do you move on to the mystery man tina gradino are you ready to be moved on to the mystery man?
2: So we've had a few more clues since the the first time, Tina. So let's just do a quick recap. We know they're a volleyballer. We know they've won the Champions League. Their shoe size is 14 or 49 in European sizes. Right handed, also won the European Championships. Um, They're known for their spike. Played for two clubs, born in 1988, never won a World Championships. Um, Their volleyball idol was Tuchukin. They were born in March and they're two metres and three centimetres tall. So that's quite a lot of info, and then this is the clue for this week. Have you ever won Olympic gold? Yes, I have. That's quite a big clue. They've won the, yeah, they've won the
0: Olympic gold. so A player that's won hasn't won the World Championships, has won the European Championships, and has won an Olympic gold medal. Who's played for two clubs? Size 14 feet, an attacker. Um I'm I'm very warm. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep my mouth closed. You think you've got and... it, Lou. He,
1: he's he's from Russia, right?
0: Okay.
2: Well you if you're right and they're Russian, you've given them a big help there. So yeah, if you've got some ideas, uh send them over. Use the hashtag let volleyball talk and uh yeah, next week we'll have another 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 clue and it's not long now, surely, till it's revealed.
0: It's getting close, no isn't it? I can't wait I can't wait for it because I I think I think I've got it but I have no idea if I'm right or not I just don't want to I just don't want to share it. Um Matt that's all we've got time for Tina that's all we've got time for for this oh, episode. So um it's been really fascinating to hear about your journey and playing all these different sports and how they've sort of led you on this journey of beach volleyball and to a real big success at a young age it's 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 really Yeah, it's been really intriguing um, for us to listen to. So thank you very much. I can't wait for the next one, which is on the NCAA. So your route through the collegiate system that hasn't come to an end yet. But I think talk for the whole volleyballing world to know that you're in a unique situation of of playing volleyball in in Southern California. And I I think it's... a. It's a great conversation that we're going to have. Can't wait, Matt, thank you very much for your time, wisdom, and knowledge, and features, and everything down in in, in Cornwall. And uh, I think we've got got you for the next one as well.
2: You have, you have. I love the States, and in particular California, so super excited.
0: Make sure that you guys subscribe. Keep telling your friends. The more that you tell, the more listeners we're going to get and the more great guests that we can bring onto the show please just send us in your questions as well so make sure that you comment if we, you can send us messages you can email us use the hashtag let Volleyball talk and then for myself louis let the a space and the cv thank you very much for your support for listening and we look forward to having you along next time